Tone Deaf is the journey of a theater nerd, bringing musicals into the life of their musically challenged spouse. This show is rated explicit for mature content and strong language. I'm sorry for me. Spoilers are in every episode, so if you haven't seen the show we are reviewing, you can always check back in later with us. We'll be here when you get back. Welcome to Tone Deaf, a theater nerd's guide for their musically challenged spouse. I'm Kay, a musical theater nerd. And I'm Warren. I'm musically challenged. So, thank you all so much for listening to these episodes and joining us on this journey because this is the Land Before Time movie where things start to get weirder. Like, things are still kind of straightforward and we didn't have weird crossover stuff in the last five. Oh no, is this where we get uh, the Flintstones, Flintstones Land Before Time crossover? No. God, don't put that into the universe, though. Jetson's Flintstones Land Before Time? This is where I feel they really start running out of ideas. Land Before Time 6. Are we really still making these? Basically, yeah. Though uh, this one, the real title, is Land Before Time 6, The Secret of Saurus Rock. Sodomy. We discussed this. Sodomy is the secret of Soras Rock. God. So, this one I did not watch very often when I was a kid. I think I watched it, well, I have it written in my notes of when I last think I watched this one, but this one, uh, I, I remember watching it the first time and being like, this was where I started going, oh, they really don't know what they're doing now. <laughs> They're just playing it by ear. <laughs> They're just playing this by ear. Like, it, the last ones, I could kind of go, okay, I can see they're working in a moral, or they're working in something else. This, I I don't even know why this one exists. I know why. Because Land Before Times 2 through 5 sold relatively mm-hmm. well, and they can guarantee that they're going to earn X amount of money yeah, this one did sell well enough, and they had tie-in products, like uh, Quaker Oats had a thing, and... Fuck you, Quaker Oats. Yeah, like... How dare you just besperch the name of the Quakers, who were anti-racist, helped smuggle <laughs> freed slaves into the North. Like, how dare you? <laughs> Assholes. <laughs> Fuck you and your instant oatmeal. <laughs> but, uh... A couple of little trivia things with this one. This was the last Land Before Time film to be done in the 90s, uh, being released in 1998. This is also the last one that was done with traditional cell animation, so we're going to have an art shift with the remaining movies because they were done with digital ink and paint. So this is the last This was done in 98, mm-hmm. and it's the last one to be released? Mm-hmm. I thought they were released like every year. Until this one. Then was the next one released in 2000? Yeah, uh, yes, I believe it was. Still post 9-11. <laughs> you mean pre. Pre, thank you. Pre, what are words but a jumble of letters that we make noises with and decide that they mean things? It's all, it's all, it's all, it's all nonsense. It's all words. It's all nonsense. Um, Especially English. <laughs> but only slightly less nonsense than French. <laughs> so, uh... 
this one had had been rated, I believe it was 5.9 on IMDb, and I really should have done ratings for the ones before this, but I will do ratings for the ones after, just so that you can watch the quality slip. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But from what I could see, a lot of folks are like me and don't think that this one was that great. And um, it's, like I said, it's been a long, <laughs> long time since I've seen this, so maybe I'll like it better than this, but I probably won't. So you're saying that the uh, general dinosaur-enjoying public did not enjoy The Secrets of Sodomy Rock? <laughs> what happens at Soros Rock stays at Soros Rock? <laughs> Show me on the Soros Rock where the dinosaur touched you. I don't know how to quit you. <laughs> But, um... Broke Saurus Rock. I think... Oh, God. <laughs> Broke back Saurus Rock. I... You don't realize why that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> why Broke Saurus Rock is funny, but you'll find out soon. So, Uh-oh. I think I last watched this when I was going through a depression spell when I was like 14, 15, oh. or 16. I don't know exactly which age, because those years were a haze of theater and depression, but it was at a period of time when I was like, I'm gonna latch on to everything I watched in my childhood, because I'm so fucking depressed. Like, mm. I was watching these, I was watching Oz Kids. I was watching, uh, some of the, uh, Oh, gosh, what were they? Uh, they were... So they had... There was a series of videos that were geared towards really young children that were like baby songs or something like that and in fantastic lullabies because I was just like, I'm going to look at something that's a nicer period of time before I got this depression and then I just got more depressed. <laughs> Funny how that works. In, folks. in seeking to cure my depression, I only made it grow stronger. Take it from Kay, this is not a good coping mechanism for depression. It just sh- makes it worse. Should have a Surgeon General warning on every land before time. Warning! This does not cure depression. <laughs> this, Oz Kids, and In Fantastic Lullabies and Baby Songs, they do not cure depression. If you had good times in that, and then you're, like, depressed... That's just going to make you go, oh, I can never go back to those days. <laughs> well, fuck me then. <laughs> but there was allegedly a script that was on eBay that was supposedly a draft script for this film dated in 1996 and had a bunch of deleted scenes, which would mean that this was in production for a while. And I really hope this isn't true, because that would mean that our theory that these are first drafts that just got shat out every year is inaccurate and that they made these choices and decided, yes, this is the best choice. You know, it could also be that you get somebody who is a relative of somebody and isn't actually qualified for the job that they have, and so they're making objectively bad decisions, but nobody can do anything about it because nepotism. Mm Mm-hmm. That too. That's what I'm going to go along with, that they had a really shitty vision, and they were just able to drag everybody else along for their really shitty vision because somebody <laughs> in their family was above everybody else. They're like, I'll tell my uncle that you didn't like my sore-ass rock. 
Ah, you saying that reminded me of a much better musical that I wish we could watch right now, but we can't. Nepotism the musical? No, it's called How How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying, and it's one of my favorite shows. I'm excited to get that eventually. Yeah, me too. I need to find a good copy of the stage version, because the film version removes, like, most of the songs, and that's boo. Anyway, we all know why you're here. Because if I don't, I will have my eyes pecked out and my entrails removed and die a slow, horrible death being eaten alive by baby vultures. That and dinosaur facts! Did that turkey just... So, uh... So, Soras Rock houses a bunch of turkeys and cocks? I did that because those are extant dinosaur noises. <laughs> and also, I've been working on my turkey calls. <laughs> Why? I don't know. It's weird. an intrusive thought. It's the echolalia. I don't know. <laughs> weird skills that Kay levels up in their off time. It's so bad, guys. <laughs> While you were busy working, I studied the skills of echolalia turkey mimicking. When the great turkey uprising happens this November, I will be accepted into their flock. And we will dine on human. We will stuff your young full of giblets and stuffing, dressing, wherever you call it, wherever you are. Tiny pieces of bread and onion. <laughs> we will make gravy from your dark meat. Oh God, please tell me there isn't a turkey god and we're going to get roped into a whole bunch of terrible Thanksgiving musicals. Oh, no, we're fine because turkeys are godless, godless heathens, oh. so we're good. Okay. Like me. Anyway, (laughs) so I'm going to start you out with Helena Walker's thoughts on the dinosaur for today because her, she is so wrong. (laughs) She is throwing down y'all. She is so speculative that it makes land before time sound and sound accurate. So this will be a pretty famous dinosaur, which is a departure from my trying to not do stock dinosaurs. But I do want to lend some credence to the Land Before Time here. Even though they still really fuck up some of the anatomy, they do a good job with him. So of today's dinosaur, Helena Walker says that this is a smaller sauropod that makes up for what it lacks in size and intelligence with faster maximum speed and greater endurance. When fully matured, it generally only reaches about half the size of the rather enormous Brontosaurus. And then she gets, like, ridiculously speculative outside of being just completely wrong on anatomy. Uh, She basically makes it sound like the sauropod version of the stereotypical dodo, which if Ice Age were a musical, I would have some words. Hmm. But anyway, she says that it's very thick-headed and trusting animal, often to its fatal detriment. It never flees from predators until after they've attacked it repeatedly, preferring instead to make numerous fruitless attempts at friendship. So basically she thinks it's a very stupid sauropod. Based on what? Whatever Helena Walker thinks. Like, she thinks that, you know, all of, all of that is, 
I I don't I don't get that, but you know, she wrote all those dossiers and what do I know? I think Helena Walker walked into a wall one too many times and just came out of it going, This dinosaur is dumb. Well, and the thing is, is that like, yes, sauropods were not the most intelligent, but they to would be not attacked be attacked multiple times and be like, we can still be friends. Yeah. That you have to have a certain level of intelligence to understand the concept of friendship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Instead, like, she, you know, would be like, oh, well, if, let's say you transport back in time, you could easily just feed it food and it'd be your best friend. And it's like, no, it would still wreck you because this animal does not, uh, no, anyway, <sighs> If you think about when this animal came up in the Jurassic, it would not be friendly like this. It would be like, oh, I'm going to kill you if you try to attack me. Especially because they have a very formidable weapon, which we'll talk about in a moment, from what real I, scientists have to say about it. I wonder if I know a dinosaur. I'm, I'm thinking it in my head. <laughs> I have an idea from when you just said that it's smaller than your your normal seropods. Uh, 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 well, that's theropods. what she thinks, but she's actually pretty wrong. Oh, then I... She okay. is pretty wrong about it, because unlike Helena, who can't be trusted, real <laughs> scientists say that this one is one of the longest sauropods, being longer than a patasaurus, a.k.a. what a lot of people think of when they hear brontosaurus. These were long knot birds with specimens reaching about 115 feet in length. In uh, that specific one, 20 feet of it was neck. Uh, the name of this dinosaur means double beam, which refers to the pair of chevrons and the tail vertebra, which more on that tail in a sec. They are I feel one like of I know which one it is. <laughs> they are one of the most abundant Morrison Formation dinosaurs, which is a late Jurassic formation that encompasses Wyoming, Colorado, Montana, North Dakota, South Dakota, Nebraska, Kansas, Oklahoma, and Texas's Panhandles, New Mexico, Arizona, Utah, and Idaho, with some rocks uh, from that time period being found in Canada. If we were a full-time dinosaur podcast, we'd do a whole thing about rock formations and stuff, but we're not. Um, and when I was a kid, I actually got to see one of these embedded in the wall at Dinosaur National Monument, and I'll put up some pictures with our Twitter, probably, because uh, I got pictures taken at that wall. Um, our main man, Mudge, was one of the discoverers of this dinosaur, finding the first specimens in Cannon City, Colorado. Uh, or is it Canyon? It might be Canyon. Uh... Othniel Marsh named it for the vertebrae, and there we had it. They don't really do too much weird stuff with naming of this guy. I didn't want to dig too much <laughs> into if there were any bone war shenanigans with this species, uh, like we had. Excavate too much detail, yeah, like we had with Brontosaurus, Apatosaurus, Camarasaurus, etc. But they're a pretty straightforward dinosaur in this regard. Other than, of course, early de depictions giving them the splayed posture that can only come from, like, breaking bones to make them fit, and they would have to be able to drag their bellies in deep trenches, which wouldn't happen, because um, you would see the footprints and a big drag mark. Um, but uh, there were also people who were like, oh, they lived in marshes, because there's no way an animal that big can walk on land. And, of course, sex lakes. <laughs> so their necks are cause for a lot of debate because so much neck and how do blood get to brain 
with folks going, <laughs> maybe extra hearts, maybe huge hearts, maybe let's look at what giraffes do, and I almost went down a rabbit hole, you would be proud of me for not doing it. I admire your restraint. Because I was partway through, like, reading this one paper and going, we're a fucking musical theater podcast. <laughs> but you are also a dinosaur fanatic, so when you blend those two loves, <laughs> one of them is going to overwrite the others, and since the music in these sucks you're going with dinosaur facts <laughs> yes so um their neck posture is debated because there are some thoughts based on uh where muscles would attach and uh the vertebra towards the back of the neck that they would be like a little I, weed whacker i know who you're talking and then about there's the traditional sauropod eating from the treetops I do personally like the weed whacker thing or the I raise up on my hind legs, knock over trees and eat the trees. I don't know, though, which one's correct, because I promised myself I wouldn't go down a rabbit hole and do all of the research needed to form a proper conclusion on which side of the debate I was on. Um, <laughs> the other thing that these guys are really well known for are their teeth because they're different from other sauropods in that they're pretty darn specialized. Now, they don't have a skull for the specific main type species, but they do have skulls for other members of that family, so they can extrapolate that they would have had the same teeth. Uh, these teeth are going to be individual teeth rather than the mashers that you see in some other sauropods, and they're mostly, they're all towards the front of the jaw, and they are egg-shaped in, like, if you were to cut the tooth in half, they would look egg-shaped, but the tops are blunted points. So, um, they, they basically were set up like a rake. So they would strip the leaves off of branches with the rake teeth, and because they don't have any molars, they would do what chickens do and swallow a rock to grind the food in these enormous guts, creating these fermentation chambers, because... That's how it was more efficient for them to eat as much as they could with their big, bulky bodies. Um, and it makes sense that they would use gastroliths, which is the swallowing rocks, because chickens do it. Uh, because chickens don't have teeth, and they have, uh, the with all of the varied diet that they have, they have to be able to digest it all, so they swallow rocks to aid in digestion. But here comes the thing that I think will make you solidify what you think this dinosaur is. Remember, I said something about their tails. So. Their tails are really, really long. Yes. In Land Before Time 6 and the TV series, they portray their tails a bit more accurately and use one of my favorite theories about these guys. And to back up, we have actually seen this dinosaur in the land before time before, in the first movie. Aha! These guys were the greedy longnecks that devoured the stand of trees that the kids thought were the Great Valley. But the big inaccuracy of them, more than anything else, were their tails, because in that movie, it was a short tail. In real life, in this movie, and in the TV series, our character that is this species could get up, had a tail that could get up to 45 feet long, having 80 vertebra in that tail, which tapers down to a whip that can either be used to counterbalance, make a loud noise to scare potential predators, probably less likely, or to beat the ever-loving shit out of an Allosaurus. What do you think it is? Uh, uh, oh, god damn it. Diplodocus. Yes! Woo! 
Good job. Yay! Look at me <laughs> yes. knowing things. Yes. This episode, or this movie, will have the introduction of a recurring Diplodocus character who comes back for the TV series named Doc. Oh, I was going to ask if his name was Dip. No, no. But his name is Doc, and uh, the whip is used in kind of a... Please tell me he doesn't have a goddamn prehensile tail and he doesn't use the tail to grab things. No. Good. But in using his tail as a whip, can you guess what sort of oh, no. character Oh no. He is? Oh no. Is he like a rancher and herding other dinosaurs? He's not a rancher, but he, he does like, use his whip. Is he like an Indiana Jones style dinosaur and, and he uses his whip to swing around? I think more cowboy ish. Like cowboy era type. Well, I said like rest like herding animals. Like, but he wasn't a cow. Like, okay, not cowboy ish, but cowboy uh, media and western media and a really famous one that I hated I the. Well, he's not a rancher because he likes to be alone because he's gonna be like another character from that sort of genre, the western genre, the stereotypical. Lone Ranger that <laughs> doesn't herd cattle. Did the Lone Ranger have a whip? No, but that's what they... I only ever know of using... is Of Indiana Jones has a whip, mm-hmm. and if you have a whip, it's used to herd cattle. Yeah, in this, uh, because they can't have him using a gun like the Lone Ranger would do, he's using a whip. And he's the Lone Dinosaur. Fuck you, Doc. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they have him doing the whole Western drawl and <laughs> how to pilgrim. It's like they took hey John there, Wayne, the Lone Ranger, and then went, oh, wait, but Diplodocus has a whip tail. <laughs> what do you say? We go have ourselves an adventure, little fella. <laughs> this, this movie... Is so fucking stupid. And a little bit of a backup. Growing up in Colorado and Utah, I was a big fan of westerns. Like, I I, I liked it. I guess I should say I was a big fan of the aesthetic. I didn't like the actual movies because uh, they were pretty white-centric. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I did like the aesthetic, and I really liked the idea of the Lone Ranger archetype. Someone just wandering in the area and if if uh there's trouble in a town he comes in and saves the day but this is fucking stupid and i hate it even though it uses one of my favorite dinosaur facts of diplodocus having those whip tails i think that they use it very stupidly in this movie and they also do some uh, continuity issues that it's like, well, where the fuck was Doc in the last five movies? Oh, is it something stupid like, I'm the ranger who keeps watch around the perimeter of the Great Valley. I keep those sharp teeth from coming. Hey, hey, you get back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. See, and they make it seem like 
everyone's been in the Great Valley longer, and they add a new area to the Great Valley in it that I'm like... Gets a new biome. This has never been in the Great Valley before, you motherfuckers. This isn't Ark. (laughs) (laughs) We don't need a new biome in the Great Valley. (laughs) Well, you see, the developers updated the map, and so Uh, it's more flushed out. But yeah, let's go watch the behavioral sink that is Land Before Time 6. Actually, this one isn't the behavioral sink movie, but there will be one. Um, <laughs> so let's go watch uh, Land Before Time 6, if you're good with it. Yee-haw! Get up, get, 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 let's go! <laughs> Jesus Christ. Is there is there a movie later that has a prospector dinosaur? No. Who's like digging for gold or anything like that? I'm looking for them shiny rocks. (laughs) No, though that would a dinosaur looking for shiny rocks would make sense. I can I can do a much better prospector voice than I can a a uh, lone ranger pilgrim cowboy. Well, pilgrim, let's let's mosey on over to the couch. Watch us some shitty dinosaur media. (laughs) Get along, little doggy. What is that for? Oh, I'm starting to like it now. Ooh, a little harder. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, you like that, oh. don't you, Pilgrim? Ooh. Call me back. Wow, this is getting weird. <laughs> Let's go. Hey, Warren. Hey, Kate. Do you know what time it is? Is it time to thank our Patreon sponsors? It is! Woo! We would like to thank our stage crew sponsors, Jeff, Reagan, and Jasmine Wu. And our producer circle sponsors, Jesse, Bianucci, and Taylor Brandt. Thank you all so much for your continued support of our show. We truly appreciate it. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Up All Night, an Are You Afraid of the Dark podcast. We're your hosts. My name's Cortland. And I'm Brandon. And in our podcast... We take apart each episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark, scene by scene, and discuss it in detail. This show is prime early 90s Canadian acting at its best, or in some cases worst. We're here to laugh our way through seven seasons and 91 episodes. So whether you're a fan of the show, Dink, the No mister, accent on the dough. Hi Andy, won't you come play with me? Hey, we're just having a goof. Or experiencing it for the first time. We know there's nothing better than staying up all night with a scary story. And now, the lights are going down and the music's starting back up, so let's head back to the second act of our show. think of the lone dinosaur secret of saurus rock (sighs) you know what i will actually say for this one Mm -hmm. i so far i do not think it is the worst one okay good because it's not well i mean (laughs) the ones we've seen oh out of the ones we've seen yeah i should say yeah the ones i've seen and the other thing and this might be the only 
other positive thing I have to say. One, it's not the worst. Mm-hmm. Two, even though I complained about it the whole time, <laughs> the pacing in this yeah. is actually probably one of the better paced movies mm-hmm. of the ones we've seen. Yeah. Because it doesn't have a lot of wasted scenes mm-hmm. where it's like completely frivolous and doesn't serve anything. Yeah. You have kind of intermediary scenes where it's like, well, this character's over here doing this. And as they're going to go find the others, he find, you know, they find them here doing this. Mm-hmm. And so the, it's not terrible. And uh, <clears throat> one thing that comes to mind is with the, not the last one, but wait, is it the last one? Cousin Fun? Was that the last Cousin one? Cousin Fun was the uh, fourth movie. So two movies ago. So two movies ago, Cousin Fun, that one had terrible pacing. It did. The whole cave scene was yeah. just took forever and dragged. With this one, it actually is paced pretty decently. Because it's mm-hmm. like, intro, meet new character, go to location, yeah. come home, bad stuff, go back to location. Mm-hmm. Come like the... it. It's, it's not terrible. And I'll have to agree with you there, because... Rewatching it, it's. I don't hate it as much as I used to, because I used to fucking hate this one. I I don't like I don't like how they try to have the the western twang, mm-hmm. you know, kind of thing. I mm-hmm. felt like Doc. He didn't sound as much of a cowboy as I thought he would sound. He was is just a little more gruff. They're trying to make him a little John Wayney, and they come off as not (laughs) yeah yeah. or like john wayne slash clint eastwood but we didn't have doc spending a whole scene arguing with a chair so we're good (laughs) um god that was so pretending someone was in it stupid um but yeah it, it it's not as bad as i remember it and i'm happy for that because i needed that after what I know is coming, because I've seen some of these much more recently. I mean, don't get me wrong, because as you will recall, since it was just a few moments ago, <laughs> uh, I complained about this the entire the whole time. Yes, and it was hilarious. Because <laughs> there was so much dumb. Mm-hmm. So much dumb in it. Mm-hmm. But considering how much dumb was in it, the dumb was paced relatively well. Yeah. Which is such a bizarre contradiction mm-hmm. to, to experience. I also apologize that I uh, didn't remember that they do give them prehensile tails. That was so stupid. That was... No. 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 You know, they... Because... Rather than, like, using their tail to, like, say, trip a sharp tooth or mm-hmm. smack them with it, mm-hmm. they instead use it to grapple. Yeah. And I hated that oh so very much. Mm-hmm. But, uh... And I mean, yes, that does happen with Littlefoot's tail in the first movie. But I forgive that first movie because science was still, like, we were still in the dinosaur renaissance at that time. We were still in the, we don't know what color they are. They could be pink with purple polka dots. We don't know, era. Mm -hmm. So Before we were finding, oh shit, they have feathers. Oh shit, we found a way to identify the color of feathers through Uh fossils. Oh shit, they're just giant birds. Oh shit, that's actually really fucking scary. Uh, so... 
Yeah, that's a fair point. Mm-hmm. And but the first one was also just so damn good and enjoyable. Yeah, yeah that, that you can forgive some of that. I will stuff. forgive some stuff with it. You can't forgive the stuff in the sequels. Not you can't really, especially when they start getting dumber. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. Uh, less less story, more. LOL, YOLO. And again, the worst one is yet to come. I believe it. Mm-hmm. And it's been a while since I've seen one of the worst ones to know if it's actually worse or better than the last one that was released so far. But they're tied. They're tied. We're in dark place. Let's begin. <sighs> As you wish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Our show opens up with space clouds or Again. or nebula, whatever whatever works, you know. And the title screen, of course. After the title, our space clouds swirl and swirl and become a huge uh, swirly swirl in space. <gasps> and then and then baby steps as Gpaw is the narrator this time, and he's like, the big bright light gave birth to all the little lights in the dark. It is known. I'm a wise old wrinkly ballsack. <laughs> Baby Steps asks Jeepaw which stories are true, and he's like, No one knows, even though I claim to know, cause walnut brains. <laughs> the others in the Baby Gang are ripping- Oh, so, so, and th- when this is happening, they're sitting around, quote-unquote, a campfire, but it's mm-hmm. a volcanic vent. Yeah. Which makes me laugh about that, cause I'm like, okay, volcanic vents are still really, really, yeah. really hot. And they tend to spew a lot of noxious fumes. Mm-hmm. So, bad idea. <laughs> but they're using it as a campfire to tell stories around. <laughs> they're just getting high. <laughs> See, I was going to say, they're, they're, they're dying of carbon monoxide poisoning. They're Oracle, Oracle of Delphine. Yeah, there you go. They're Oracle of Delphine. Mm-hmm. And they're just tripping balls on noxious chemicals. Mm-hmm. <sighs> the others in the baby gang are ripping baby steps for interrupting Jeepaw Big Steps, and apparently Sarah has nieces and nephews now. News <laughs> to us, I guess. Mm-hmm. Anyways, Sarah tells her younger familial horns to shut the fuck up or she'll <laughs> stop them to death, and Jeepaw Big Steps is like, Well, the big sky ball passed many times, and some dinosaurs discovered the Great Valley. But before the first movie, apparently, even though in the first movie, it's explicitly clear that the Great Valley is a story. But anyways, the Great Valley of ye old yesteryears, a big sharp tooth attacked the peaceful herbivores. But who, who, I ask you, who should rise to this dire occasion to save all these peaceful plant eaters? Well... I'm upset you would ask such a question, dear listeners, but since you asked, I'm contractually obligated to tell you. (laughs) The super brave hero dinosaur, the lone dinosaur, shows up and becomes embattled with the fierce Sharptooth. The stupid-ass Sharptooth rolls a nat 20 and (laughs) is actually able to scratch this long-neck dinosaur in the face... With its Mm. stupid little arms. (laughs) The face scratch was apparently a critical and caused the lone dinosaur to fall to the ground. And as the sharp tooth stands triumphant over its defeated foe, the lone dinosaur 
uses his prehensile tail <laughs> to grab the sharp tooth's leg and throw him into a rock. So fucking dumb. With his impressive physical attribute that did not exist, the lone dinosaur is able to defeat the sharp tooth. And just as quickly as he arrived, he departed the Great Valley, much to the anime tears of a tiny long neck who was like, But stay with us, Mr. Lone Dinosaur, with a prehensile tail that sure as shit never existed in your species or any sauropod species <laughs> ever, because the bones would break to achieve such dexterity. <laughs> And the lone dinosaur leaves because it knows it will face an endless series of questions about its physical impossible, <laughs> physically impossible tale. But then, G but then, Jeepah Big Steps mentions that a time later there was a big earth shake and the ground made electricity. Yep, I'm not joking, uh, yeah. listeners. The ground yeah. made electricity, and a long neck-shaped rock emerged out of the ground. And uh, the dinosaurs around it named it. Saurus Rock. So, there you have the setup. I'm sure the lone <laughs> dinosaur will tie into Saurus Rock. So glad you're here to discover the secret of Saurus Rock with us, dear listeners. I'm glad that Greek was invented by this point. <laughs> so that they had a name for it. The, yeah, well, yeah, because the word dinosaur is Greek. Anyways. Lizard Rock. It's fucking Lizard Rock. <laughs> yeah. Not a lizard. Definitely a rock. <laughs> Anyways, after G Paw Big Steps finishes his story, Sarah notices that her niece views are all scared and shaking and shit. The term is nibbling. That's the gender neutral term for niece and nephew. It's adorable. Is that true? Yes. I fucking love it. I adore that term. Yes. A nibbling. Yes. Why did why did I not know this until now? That is amazing. I want to use that word in more more, more sentences now. Uh, so, yes, uh, Sarah notices that her nibblings are all scared and shaking and shit, and Sarah decides to troll them by saying that the sharp tooth will get them. Or something. <laughs> I don't know. Does, does what Sarah says in this moment really matter to the wider story of this movie? <laughs> I feel like calling it a story is a very, very generous term on my part. <laughs> Onward. Gma Big Steps comes in to be like, Are you telling the children your dumbass tales about that freak lone dinosaur with his physically impossible tail that disappeared a long time ago? And Gma stutters and is like, Uh, I, uh, uh, I mean, uh. And Gma is like, I knew it! I'm sick of your shit! Anyways, <laughs> she tells the children to go home and go to bed. And as all the individuals set out, Gma tells Baby Steps that it's his turn to go to bed. And Baby Steps starts role-playing as he's starts low role-playing as he's walking, that he's the lone dinosaur. The lone dinosaur can find his way home in the dark. Uh are you coming with me? <laughs> and then we cut to Baby Steps having a dream, I think. Yes, yeah. we are. Where he saves a hot single mom and her kid from a sharp tooth <laughs> by whipping it with his baby tail. And the crowd of dinosaurs cheer baby steps as the sharp tooth flees with a big old welt on its leg. All eep, 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 eep. As baby steps fades back to sleep, we see on a distant mountain 
a shadowy silhouette of a mysterious lone dinosaur. Perhaps the lone <laughs> dinosaur. Put a little cowboy hat on him. Right. Blew like it a... to him like the pigeons. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Anyways, the next morning, Sarah, Baby Steps, and the others, including the three... The three... Uh, the three horn niece fuse <laughs> are wasting food by knocking it off trees, and Sarah's dad loses his shit and is like, Guy, you're wasting food. This is the time of the leaf changing. Are you trying to create a food shortage, you little bastards? <laughs> and Jeep. If, Gramp, or if uh, Daddy Tops had been reincarnated as a human he so would be the dad that like freaks out if you touch the thermostat i was just thinking that i was get out of my head oh my god uh anyway so uh yeah daddy 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 tops Mm-hmm. daddy tops yells at them in like two movies we'll have a new name for him don't worry g-paw big steps comes in to be like Calm down, Daddy Tops. Who doesn't have a name yet? Well, I ruined my line. Calm down, Sarah's dad, who doesn't have a name yet. (laughs) And after the jerk leaves, the kids decide to play Lone Dinosaur. And Sarah gets elected to be the Sharp Tooth, because she's a mean bitch. And Sarah starts to chase all the other dino kids. Baby Steps goes to be like, Have no fear, I'm the Lone Dinosaur! And Baby Steps falls to his death like a dumb shit. But unfortunately, he gets saved by a mysterious stranger who just happens to be the lone dinosaur. (laughs) After he saves Baby Steps, Sarah's dad comes in and is like, Get away from our kids, you creep! (laughs) And Sarah and the others try to tell Sarah's dad that he needs to calm the fuck down. Jeepa and Jima Big Steps thank the lone dino, who introduces himself as Doc. Sarah's dad tries to fight Doc because he's like, Bah! We can't invite Doc to stay in the valley and eat food! There's not enough! And everyone is like, Shut up, pointy face! <laughs> and then Sarah's dad marches off all pissy. Jeepa and Jima are like, Oh, sorry about him. He's a dick, but he's not so bad with... <laughs> But he's not so bad when you get to know him. And Doc is like, I don't think I want to stay that long. And everyone laughs, except Sarah, because she knows her dad is a dick. (laughs) Anyways, Baby Steps stealths away to spy on Doc while he's eating his lunch. Baby Steps starts asking Doc a bunch of questions, and Doc gets fed up and is like, Kid, I think I hear your friends calling. And Baby Steps takes the hint and leaves. (laughs) Meanwhile... The kids are playing in a pond of boiling mud (sighs) and uh, having fun. Deaths in Yellowstone, Chapter 1. Having fun in the boiling mud. Sarah even gets trapped in a boiling mud bubble and is floating while trapped inside. Yes. This boiling mud bubble. Yes, so Sarah is floating in the bubbling mud bubble over the bubbling mud river, but is Mm. freed shortly after. And Ducky is jumping on the bubbles, and they're not popping. Boiling mud bubbles 
are not popping and are supporting Ducky's weight as she jumps from bubble to bubble. After they are done playing in the boiling mud, Baby Steps comes in to be like, You guys! You guys! I don't know who Doc... I know who Doc is, you guys. He's the lone dinosaur. Yes, the lone dinosaur, you guys. And Sarah is like, No, you're dumb. And Baby Steps launches into a song about the lone dinosaur. And uh, the song is just about how the lone dinosaur is a badass and yep. uh, beats up sharp teeth. And the chorus of this song is just dinosaur. Dinosaur. Yeah, you got the tune better. Dinosaur. And the song has kind of a western twang to the music. Ish. It's ish. Uh, yeah. I mean, like they're they're. It, it, they tried. They you, tr- you know what it kind of reminded me of? It was like if Western music had a LaCroix version of it. <laughs> just really watered down and just not good. This is Western music as heard from like 50 miles away. <laughs> <laughs> or it's or it's like uh, it's like if they decided to completely half-ass the second American tale. Just like... Eh, that's good enough. <laughs> Rawhide! And more things. Raw dog. <laughs> Onward! <laughs> the song is done, and Sarah is like, Wait! Did your G-Ma Big Step say that the lone dinosaur was a long, long time ago? How could it be Doc? And I'm like, good fucking question, Sarah. Way to use logic in this fleeting moment. And after Sarah grills Baby Steps, G-Pa Big Stepper calls him home. And then we see the uh, nibblings sneaking away and giggling. <laughs> we cut to that night, and Baby Steps is in his dirt bed, role-playing being the lone dinosaur complete with western one-liners like you talking to me and shit like that god Gpa big steps steps in to tell baby steps to go the fuck to sleep <laughs> the next morning sarah comes to baby steps and is like ah have you seen the nibblings they're missing and the kids set out to find them fag just eat stuff while they're looking, <laughs> and Ducky Dumbfuck crawls under an Edmontosaurus. A Myasaurus. I, okay. Because her name's Maya. Oh. And that's, she's from the second movie. Okay. Crawls under a Myasaurus, mm-hmm. and, is ta- and is talking to her eggs like, hello, are you in there, nibblings? <sighs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yup, yup. Anyways, dumb. Yup, yup, yup. Uh, the child gang regroups and are like, Where? Where did you see them last, Sarah? And Sarah recounts that they were all having a great time playing in the boiling mud when Sarah got a bug up her ass and yelled at the <laughs> twins. Then Baby Steps mentioned Saurus Rock and they're like, Saurus Rock! And then they set out to Saurus Rock. We then see the twins, with their lack of self-preservation, climbing a mountain and jumping between caverns, almost dying and just LOLing the <laughs> whole time. Just, <laughs> I almost fell to my death. <laughs> this is so much fun. This is so I much fun. I can't wait to climb Source Rock. Oh this will God. be great. 
Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, did you see how I almost died? Wasn't that funny? <laughs> Let's play leapfrog as an allosaurus with only two fingers chases us. <laughs> but according to the Land Before Time wiki, this is an allosaurus. And I'm just getting to that. The twins are leapfrogging in the forest. <laughs> and a sharp tooth gets their scent and is tracking them. But the twins are so engrossed in their game of leapfrog that they don't hear the snarling, growling, and smashing of trees like 10 feet away from them and they just continue frolicking in the in the front of a painful death wait and just continue frolicking in front of a painful death yes because they're frolicking in front of the sharp tooth who would be a painful death mm -hmm. confused myself with my own nose. they would really become nibblings uh -huh. <laughs> back at the baby gang they reach the cavern that the twins jumped across earlier and as everyone else is making it between the towering pillars of stone, Thag is too scared and just sits on Petrie instead. <laughs> it's until Thag suddenly gets brave enough to jump across the pillars, flawlessly I might add, and it's cause he saw a bush on the other side of the cavern, and he ran to bury his face in said bush and just <laughs> munch away. <laughs> what's, what's funny about that? I don't, I don't get it, Kay. Did I say something funny? Was it a possible innuendo? What's an innuendo? I'll be in your endo. We then see the pillars they used across the cavern crumble and fall into the cavern. The kids all lament that they'll have to take the long way home. They took the long way home. Never mind. Let's keep going. <laughs> The kids then come across the sharp tooth who was chasing the twins but got stuck in a tree like a dumbass. And they're like, ah! And the sharp tooth gets freed and chases the kids and gets stuck in another tree. Mm -hmm. Because it can't conceptualize going around trees instead of through them. It, it bothers me that the sharp teeth, the theropods are treated so ridiculously like... Just, oh, they're an idiot. They yeah. don't know how to get past a tree. No. It makes me laugh that they that they consistently, the uh, the uh, herbivores are talking about, it's a good thing that sharp tooths are not very smart, which is just so scientifically inaccurate considering that meat-eating animals mm -hmm. tend to have a much higher intelligence than herbivores, yeah. like and if, almost universally. And I still argue that... Uh, those those brains can pack so many neurons into it because if you look at their cut, well, at the dinosaurs that are still alive right now, so many neurons in those brains. Even though they're small, they're smart. They're smart burbs. They may be small, but they're fierce. Yes, they are. Yeah, no, dinosaurs it's that live around. It's not the size, Kay. It's the, how they use it. Mm-hmm. It is, and the dinosaurs that live now are fucking terrifying if they get mad. Can you fly? I can't fly. <laughs> Onward. The baby gang makes their way to Saurus Rock, and they're playing on top of it. The twins are rolling on top of the mountain and fall off, hitting mm -hmm. Sarah on their way down and causing the mountainside to crumble. Losing one of the sharp teeth around... The rock's neck because there are rocks that look like sharp teeth because it's like a necklace because dinosaurs could conceive of necklaces. Sure. The three horns all fall to the ground, but they don't die. 
and neither does Thag, who almost, almost gets crushed to death by the chunk of rock that fell off the mountain. As Sarah is yelling at the twins, saying that they better not tell Grandpa about their adventure, because he's scarier than a sharp tooth when he's mad, our sharp tooth, who gets stuck in trees, found his way around them eventually, and sneaks, in quotes, up on Sarah, and she's like, what's the big deal? Why are you all backing away and looking at me frightened and shivering in fear? Mm -hmm. And why don't I, Sarah, notice the growling and stomping behind me? Is is that rain that hit my head? That why, was so stupid. Why does it smell like saliva? And then Sarah realizes that a sharp tooth is right behind her and drooling on her head because it's hungry and going to eat that bitch. This, and the sharp tooth has an interesting genetic mutation. Its hand changes between having two claws and three, then back to two. It does this multiple times and makes me want to scream at the TV. Yeah. <laughs> like some animation errors, okay, whatever, but that one is bad. It's, it's, in, it's in the middle of the motion. Like, as, yeah. like, it's one thing if you're, like, cut from a scene to another scene and they might have something uh -huh. out of place or whatever. But we see its hands be, like, two and then all of a sudden three and then all of a sudden back to two. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. And, uh, because my brain is not firing... Have we discussed Ducky and the fact that she can translate for the twins? Has it gotten to that point Yes, because that was when they were climbing up Saurus Rock and she explained oh, that. Oh, yeah. I'm a I know what they're saying because I'm a twin. Because I had 13 brothers and sisters. So I guess S we're 13 twins. So I did not talk about that. But yes, the, the nibblings all have like a baby talk that's mm -hmm. not it's like the twin speak that twins sometimes do not See, all I, twins i, I do, chalked but... it up mostly to them being in the same way that like when a little kid talks they're doing their mm -hmm. best but you kind of have to piece together what they mean yeah so it's it's a like it's kind of like that and ducky can translate because they're like what did they say and then ducky translates for them they're like oh how do you know what they're saying, Ducky? Well, I'm a twin, too. There were 13 of us that hatched at the same time. So I guess we're 13 twins. Which I think just leads, like, let, lends uh, credence to my theory that Ducky mm -hmm. dies every movie, and they just replace Ducky with another one of her twins. It's either that Ducky dies every movie, or this is the first time any of them found out that Ducky's a twin, and now they're wondering, okay, which... One of Ducky's siblings was hanging out with us. Which one's the real Ducky? <laughs> Who's the real Ducky? All the other Duckies are just imitators. <laughs> will the real Will the real Ducky please stand up? Please stand up. Please stand up. I'm the real Ducky. Yup, yup, yup. All right. That was. I'm sorry for that one. I think it's fine. Don't apologize. You know who should apologize? The writers of this fucking movie. Mm-hmm. Anyways, speaking of that, the kids all run and hide, run from the Sharptooth and hide in an empty tree trunk, which the mutant Sharptooth picks up and throws the, the, uh, throws the stuffed tree trunk, which gets lodged in a canyon and serves as a bridge for our heroes to escape, but just barely, because Thag gets stuck and Baby Steps has to pull him by the face to escape the tree hole. And the sharp tooth throws a tantrum and bites the tree, causing it to break in half, and the sharp tooth falls into the canyon. And we get to see the sharp tooth do an exaggerated scream roar and falling scene, and the kids get to watch him die. Good times. Good times. Hey, kid, 
You ever seen a dead mm-hmm. body? Hey, you guys, remember that time we were on an adventure and we saw a sharp tooth fall, fall and die? Uh, that, uh... That still sticks with me, guys. It's <laughs> like the dinosaurs stand by me every epi- or every movie. <laughs> it's just that. We watched a guy die. <laughs> saw a dead body. Just imagine dinosaurs sitting around at like a kitchen table eating. We saw someone die today. <laughs> like everybody just keeps eating, not <laughs> paying attention. That's nice. <laughs> Eat your salad. Anyways, the kids arrive back at home and they're like, Oh boy, so glad we have lots of experience avoiding certain death. I just hope Sarah's asshole of a father doesn't find out that we ran away to find the babies that Sarah neglected to keep an eye on. And it's, and uh, they say that right in front of Sarah's dad, who is like, What? Did that really happen? And they're like, Oh, uh, 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 Mr. Dickhornface, my apologies. <laughs> And Sarah's dad says that he's very disappointed in Sarah and that she needs to be the one who's watched. Oh, and Ducky she's... fucking snitches. Because the babies are talking. Yeah, and, and Ducky, Ducky fucking translates, translates right in front of them. Because she's a goddamn snitch. No one can trust Ducky or whichever of the twins she is. <laughs> so yeah, Sarah's dad says that he's very disappointed in Sarah and that she needs that she still needs to be watched because she's so irresponsible and didn't look after the twins. And he says this while marching his daughter away and leaving the twins mm-hmm. behind. Mm-hmm. So, like father, like daughter? Mm. I just, I love that level of, I don't know, irony or whatever, of, of hypocrisy, how he's yelling at her, talking about how she's so irresponsible for not paying attention to the to the nibblings and yeah. then he's not paying attention to the nibblings and they're left behind yeah it's god ah uh, so baby steps gets all down and sad about sarah getting in trouble and the others are like it's okay baby steps don't feel bad because sarah's dad is just an asshole <laughs> and then we cut to baby steps having a nightmare about Saurus rock crumbling and being destroyed and baby steps wakes up all and G-Paw Big Steps tries to tell him that it's okay. It was just a dream. And Baby Steps asks G-Paw, What would happen, hypothetically, of course, if Saurus Rock were to be damaged or destroyed in any way? And G-Paw's like, Oh, oh boy, well, legend says that if Saurus Rock were destroyed, bad luck would descend upon the Great Valley, (laughs) and it would be the fault of whoever broke the rock. Baby Steps is like, Oh, shit. (laughs) The next morning, Baby Steps is talking to Petrie, who is like, Bah! Bad luck is no sense. No such thing. And then Ducky and Thag come in to be like, We both got stung by buzzing stingers, and now we have medicinal plants around our wounds because dinosaurs understand medicine. Yup, yup. (laughs) And then the kids launch into a song about bad luck, and how bad luck is bad. And if bad stuff happens, it's bad luck. Yeah, and Thag sings in that song, but he's just, like, keeping a tune. He, he just, he does the bare minimum of scat. Yeah, he's... Because he gets dragged along on these adventures, and he doesn't want to be there. He just wants to eat, because he knows he needs to get big quick. After the song, Baby Steps is like, Oh God, it's just like what g said. Bad luck is happening. And then we cut to Sarah's father and the other adults around the river, which is dry. And they're like, shit, what could have caused this river to dry up? 
and they all mutter and murmur to one another about what could have caused it. Baby Steps sees Doc in the distance and scampers off to go talk to him. Baby Steps asks Doc if he believes in bad luck, and Doc is like, yup. And Baby Steps is like, well, what do you do if you're having a lot of bad luck? And Doc is like, fix it. Mm -hmm. Fix what you can, except what you can't. And Doc explains that there are other valleys just like this one. And, uh, he's a loner. And, uh, yeah, he's a traveler. <laughs> Which I love that they're talking about, ah, there's valleys just like this one all over. And I'm like, what the, why is this one so important then? Why is this one the Great Valley? Because they're all nationalists. <laughs> they're all dinosaur nationalists, and the Great Valley is essentially like the America of the dinosaur world. Uh, this is my valley. It's got some plants. That explains why later on they're angry about immigrants. Uh, exactly. No, this is... It doesn't matter that we immigrated to this valley. We don't want anyone else coming to this valley. Bingo. Bingo. Because they keep saying, like... It's it's like they suddenly are aware of the fact that, no, there were other dinosaurs when we came to this valley, because how else would we fucking know about it unless it was a normal migratory path? And then they decide to just sit in this valley that can only sustain so many animals, because that's how ecosystems work, and they get all nationalist about it. And, like, <laughs> this is the best valley. No other valley's better than the Great Valley. Make the Great Valley great again. Buff, 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 buff. Keep the Great Valley great. Kick out all the immigrants. That's that's how it kind of feels with it. And I don't know. It's one of those things that I, I don't know that anyone ever pulls that apart or not. That the Great Valley really isn't so great. There's a lot of issues about the Great Valley. Right. Every movie, there's yeah, something happening. Yeah, every movie, there's something happening. But then it always turns back to, but... We like the Great Valley. This is our valley. And remember when uh, the Great Valley got eaten by yeah. swarming leaf gobblers and they yeah. had to leave the Great Valley and then they went and found another Great Valley? Yeah. And they're like, cool, we have two Great Valleys now. It's it's ridiculous. It's absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. I like the old theory that's completely inaccurate, but... That it's heaven and that they're all it's dead. heaven. Because that is... That makes more sense than it being this valley that things keep happening to. Or they're, or it's purgatory it and they're all stuck purgatory. in purgatory because they were never baptized and they're waiting for Raptor Jesus to come in. Well, they're, <laughs> well, they're waiting for Raptor Jesus to be born and then die for their dino sins. So they won't Raptor... accept Raptor Jesus because Raptor Jesus is a sharp tooth and these herbivores are pretty nationalistic against sharp teeth too. Like, Well, I guess they're going to spend forever in purgatory. Tory, like the, I don't know. Hell? I just I sit here and there's so much interesting stuff about this series that says you. <laughs> well, no, like if you think about it from a there are some there's some mixed messages. Like there are all these don't be <laughs> racist messages, mm -hmm. but then there's still a lot of nationalistic talk in it. That it's like fear of the fear of the different fear of the. This the other. is the most American cartoon series. This is dinosaur America. Because you have your people creating your in groups, and then you have out groups that try to come through, and they're jackasses to people from the out groups, and like even herbivores that 
look slightly like them but aren't like them like it you know, just and now mm. i can't not picture sarah's dad without a red hat mm-hmm, mm-hmm. his frill should be red uh. he paints his frill red one day and they're just like oh no <laughs> i crushed up poisonous berries and rubbed it on my head <laughs> it's seeping into my brain the chimeras <laughs> <laughs> okay anyways <laughs> The scene changes to the kids all playing on a hill when the wind starts to blow really, really hard and lightning and thunder in the distance. The adults all panic and tell everyone to batten down the hatches and all the adults look for their kids and then regroup to try and take shelter. But then there is a tornado in the Great Valley. (sighs) Yep, a tornado. That's some bad luck, all right. I mean, they can happen. See, 1999 here. See, they're extremely rare for tornadoes to happen in mountainous areas. Yeah. You gotta usually have big, wide, open spaces. Mm Mm-hmm. Because when tornadoes bump into things, you know. Anyways, while the other dinos hide in a cliffside cave thing, Doc shelters baby steps, and they just ride out the tornado. Jeepa, after the storm, is running around crying out for baby steps, and they find him with Doc and they thank him for keeping Baby Steps safe. Doc is like, Meh, it ain't no thing but a pterosaur wing. (laughs) And everyone is happy that the kids are not dead. You know, at least he didn't try to lasso it like Pecos Bill. I think that would have been the moment to just like, and I'm popping this out, and we're... (laughs) just... Snap that DVD, throw it in the trash. <laughs> if, if that had happened when I had first seen it as a kid, that would have been the moment that I stopped watching these movies. Because I put up with a lot. But, yeah. <laughs> but yes, uh, and everyone is happy that the kids are all not dead, and Sarah's dad tells Sarah that he is proud of her for not letting the ni- the niblets get blown away. And niblets? <laughs> Isn't that what you said they're called? Nibblings. Nibblings. Think younglings, but nibbles. Uh, you nibble on the younglings. Are you part of the cabal? No. Are I'm you, just... You do vote Democrat. Uh, I do, but that's because... Child blood drinker. The, I don't drink children's blood. I'm just saying that, you know, little baby dinosaurs, nibbling per- is perfect for... For little baby dinosaurs. It works for niece and nephew, but it also works for baby dinosaurs. They're little... true, they're not hatchlings. Yeah, and you can't call them chicken nuggets, because chicken nuggets hadn't been invented yet, because chickens <laughs> hadn't been invented yet, so... I do really wonder what some dinosaurs would have tasted like. Oh, man. So... No, no, no. no I, I've thought about this way too hard, and I don't need to talk about it right now. <laughs> Meanwhile, or I should say onward, everyone surveys the damage to the valley and then decide that they need to clear all the debris for some reason. Because they're trying to make him like humans in this one, and it's <laughs> stupid. I mean, I could understand if, like, debris was in your your nesting area yeah. or blocking something that you needed. But it's not. But otherwise, it'd be like, well, we'll just step around this or step over it mm-hmm. or go through it. But G-Pop and Sarah's dad are talking, and Sarah's dad is like, Our luck sure has been bad, and it all started when Doc showed up. It's the immigrants' fault that things are bad. (laughs) And all the other dinosaurs start to agree, saying that the newcomer is responsible for their bad luck. Blame the immigrants! It's God's judgment! 
and baby Three st- horns are better than long necks. <laughs> Do you think the other valleys are sending their best? No. They're sending all the eaters and all the thief dinosaurs. They're saying, oh, they're taking all the egg snatchers and all the nest rapers. That's who they're sending to our valley. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I don't know if I like Daddy Tops as Donald Trump, but it works. <laughs> Well, it's not not quite because we've never heard him talk about fucking his daughter and how much he would like that's, to fuck his daughter. That's true. And if actually. his daughter wasn't his daughter, he would fuck his daughter. This is very true. Actually, and Daddy Tops is better in that regard because he is very protective of Sarah, and we'll find out a little bit of hints as to why later. Because mom's dead, and because mm-hmm. I mean we haven't ever seen her, so mom's dead. And they do kind of hint at talking about it in a future movie because of some stuff that leads to some Sarah angst. Let me guess. Uh, Daddy Top starts to find a new romantic person. Mm-hmm. And, You're not my real mom. Yes, that is exactly how it goes. And it's one of those like, who? Because you can see sort of Sarah's anger at this and the fact that, yeah, it's there's some character development with Daddy Tops coming up that kind of sticks we'll get to but, it when we get to it yeah it anyways, sticks to his horns a little bit anyways uh when sarah's dad is talking shit on doc baby steps loses his shit on sarah's dad being like doc saved my life and you're an asshole for saying that it's all his fault <laughs> and sarah's dad is like oh shit that little guy yelled at me and the kids are all talking about the bad luck and sarah is like yeah i agree with my dad it's doc's fault and Baby Steps is like, you bitch, it's you, you know it's your fault. You know, you know that it's our fault that Sora's Rock was destroyed. And Baby Steps stomps off, saying to himself that he won't let everyone blame Doc and that he's going to go off and find a way to fix the bad luck. I will say, though, that this is the first time that we see Daddy Tops, uh, when Littlefoot calls him out for something, actually just try to, oh, oh shit, I didn't mean to, blah, blah, blah. And, like, it's the first time that you see that, because usually he's just... I will say that I think one big, huge difference between that moment and past moments is mm-hmm. that Littlefoot has never had that much passion. Yeah. He was very... Yeah. He's like, he saved my life! Twice! Like, he's just like... How? He does. Like, he, he, he really is yelling at him. And, yeah. like, all the adults are like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Sarah's dad is like, oh, I didn't mean to upset the little guy. And G-Paw's yeah. like, I know, I know. It's just, it's a it's complicated thing, you know. You know, you keep saying this stuff about long necks, and it's kind of weighing on my grandson. <laughs> and maybe we need to... You know, maybe if you weren't <laughs> such a bigoted asshole, mm-hmm. uh, things would be... Mm-hmm. Maybe stop blaming everybody who doesn't look like you for all of your problems. Yeah. You know, maybe... Sometimes the world is just shitty and bad things happen for no particular reason other than it's just part of life. It's not a long neck's fault. It's not a duckbill's fault. It's not anyone's fault. Sometimes shit just happens. Sometimes your daughter gets eaten by a shark tooth and you have to raise (laughs) her son and hope that his dad someday comes back. My <laughs> and, and I just Does Littlefoot's dad come back in a later movie? 
Maybe. That makes sense with the wandering herds thing. Littlefoot's dad was part of a wandering herd, banged Littlefoot's mom, and then was like, see ya, and just marched off. I can't say anything, but it is one of the few in the later movies that I actually kind of like. Uh, Even though it has a really stupid point in it. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, son, I can't stay here. The open migration path calls to me too much. There's just too many single moms out there that I've got to get my dick wet in. Kay's biting their lip, y'all. Uh... Okay. After some speculation and more bad luck, Sarah and the others are like, Gah! Bad luck. Let's find a way to fix the bad luck. And they go off into the same direction that Littlefoot was. We then cut to Baby Steps, who seems to be taking the same path that the, uh... Nibblings? Yes, nibblings. That the nibblings took to or get... Or the twins. The twindlings. Yeah, I had... Twindlings. Tw- I started calling them twins, but I like the word nibblings, and I'm trying to... <laughs> Yeah, so they took this... Littlefoot is taking... Baby Steps. Yes. Is taking the same path <laughs> that the nibblings took to get to Saurus Rock. And Baby Steps has a moment of introspection and wonders if the other dinosaurs ever talk to themselves out loud, too. And then he launches into a song, a very bad song. I can't really tell you what the song is about other than Baby Steps is like, swinging from vines and talking about how he's on his own... And we see Baby Steps continue marching to the mountains where Saurus Rock was. The song is basically like, I'm alone, and when you're alone, you gotta do things by yourself, because you're alone. What was really annoying with that song is that you can, other than everything, is that you can hear they do not keep him on the rhythm of the music. He just kind of, it was the most pokey little puppiest <laughs> of the songs that we've run into so far. Nobody wants me. Like, they, I swear that they just had him record a take and then were like, okay, we're good. And it's like, no, try to, try to make this better. God damn, God damn it. But like it it's one of those songs where I heard the potential for it and I got mad that they didn't do another take. The potential or, squandered. Yeah, or at least like coach the kids singing it cuz kids can learn to sing music correctly. Look at every child star on Broadway. Um <laughs> and like and not saying anything bad about the kid voicing uh Baby Steps, but just it god you've got me doing it now. <laughs> it like it it just bothered me because it's like the voice director didn't give a fuck and was just like, yeah, it's a, just another paycheck. Sure, whatever, kid. And then you know that whoever's putting the music <laughs> together is like, fuck. You know, it. <laughs> it's really a bummer to think that people got up and went to work every day to work on this and put it out knowing that it wasn't mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm kind of thing, but that somebody above them was like, nope, this is what it is. Mm-hmm. If you have any uh, notes or criticisms, please direct it to that unemployment office over there. Yep. It's different from when uh, Mickey Mouse does it, where it's directed to the brick wall, be- and <laughs> that's why there's no Mickey Mouse in this, is because <laughs> this is universal, not Mickey oh. Mouse, and it's the plane. It's the plane telling them. The plane from the opening 
bit. It, wa- it wasn't in this one. It wasn't in this one because by this point they had gotten rid of that logo, thank Christ. You see, it made me laugh about that as I, I didn't think about the journey through the mists when they had the rats kind of thing. They could have made a Mickey Mouse joke. <laughs> it's because we're thinking Danny DeVito was the rat instead. I see a live action Mickey Mouse movie that's Danny DeVito in a Mickey Mouse costume. I love it. Hey, Minnie, why don't you come over here and nibble on these two bits? <laughs> Okay, anyways. <laughs> uh, we see Baby Steps come to the canyon that the sharp tooth fell in, and he's like, I have to get the sharp tooth's tooth so that I can replace the broken tooth on Sarus Rock, because that will break the curse somehow. And then we see Baby Steps trekking down the canyon to the totally dead sharp tooth, who's in an animation cell, <laughs> and we can tell that he's going to move. <laughs> Because he's colored differently, and he's in a different style than the static background. He's in the same style as Littlefoot. That means he's going to move. Oh, it's so funny. What was it? We were watching this with Shay, and Shay was like, Look out! He's in an animation cell! Like, oh, We get a brief moment of g talking to Doc, being like, You don't have to leave. We know you're not responsible for our bad luck. And Doc is like, meh, I'd be leaving anyways because I'm a loner. A lonely loner who's always alone. Just the way I like it. And G-Paw is like, baby steps will miss you. And Doc is like, he's a good kid. Which, I have some notes. I have pages and pages of notes. (laughs) That would say that he's not that good. And probably actually kind of (laughs) dumb. Anyways, we see Baby Steps confronting the totally dead Sharptooth and talking about how he needs to find a stick to pry open the totally dead mouth of the Sharptooth to get a totally dead tooth from its totally dead mouth. And he's saying this out loud. Saying this out loud. And we see a sh- we see the Sharptooth's eye open and look at Baby Steps as he turns around to go get a stick. Meanwhile, G-Paw Big Steps is climbing up the mountain with the other kids, and he's like, oh, uh, I'm getting too old for this shit. <laughs> and he laments about telling the children about the lone dinosaur stories that he heard when he was a kid from his grandpa, because now he's having to do all this shit. <laughs> Back at Baby Steps, who is prying open the sharp tooth's mouth and climbing inside, easiest meal ever. Could you imagine, Kay, if mm-hmm. if food just climbed in your mouth for you? I mean, then again, if it's doing that, it's probably raw, and I I don't want to eat I don't want to eat raw chicken. And you saying that just reminded me of Food Fight and eat me. God damn. God damn. <laughs> but yes, baby steps crawls oh, inside. No, not Food Fight. Food Fight's different. That made me think of Sausage Party, is Which what it made me though. think of. I've seen enough of it, because <laughs> somebody shared the food orgy scene on Facebook <sighs> without warning, and I happened to scroll past it and learned very quickly how to turn off autoplay. Man, I mean, whole new meaning to cream filling and glazed donut holes. I just... Anyways, Baby Steps, prize open the sharp stooped mouth, 
Sharptooth's mouth with a stick and climbs inside. The Sharptooth, playing possum, and then Baby Steps is like, Wait, there's a breeze and movement inside this totally dead Sharptooth. That means it's not dead? Oh, shit! And Baby Steps scrambles out of the Sharptooth's mouth as it chomps closed. Baby Steps hits the ground and scrambles away right into another Sharptooth. And Baby Steps is like, I hate being little! Which that, that scene <laughs> that was actually, a great that scene. actually made me laugh. It was either I hate being little or I'm tired of being small. I'm tired of being, or I think it was I'm tired of being a lone dinosaur. Because he had been oh. this whole time like, I'm a lone dinosaur. Oh, thought, I'm a lone dinosaur. Okay, I, I misheard then, it then. I thought he said he didn't like, he was tired of being little. Yeah, he was, he was tired of playing the lone dinosaur. And it's such a little kid moment. <laughs> and that's one of the few genuine Shit little got kid, real. Yeah, that's one of the few genuine little kid moments that was written in one of these. Mm-hmm. They sometimes have those, like, like the other other line that made me laugh was when uh they're telling doc that sarah's dad's not so bad once you get to know him and he's like i don't think i want to stick around that long yeah kind of thing and i was like ha mm-hmm. but yeah so baby steps is like i don't want to be the lone dinosaur anymore and he runs away but lucky for him g-pop big steps comes in to save the day and he smacks the sharp tooth but then he quickly gets overwhelmed and then Doc shows up to save the day. And the two big steppers beat up the two sharp teeth. And then destroy a stone pillar, which then kills the sharp teeth with crumbling rocks. And they do this by both wrapping their tails around the pillar of stone and pulling it in opposite directions. Not smacking it with their considerable tails. Not rearing up and stomping it. Not pushing it over considering that they are the largest land animals mm-hmm. that have ever existed on this planet mm-hmm. not doing something that could suspend my disbelief and is within the realm of physical possibility no they break the bones in their tails by using them to wrap around the stone pillar and pull it and the thing about this too is that they have so much established physics that, like, is used regularly, because the only other time I've seen Littlefoot ever wrap his tail around something was when he was in the first movie, and then they stopped doing it. When they're the tar monster, and he uses it to pick up Sarah. Yeah, and that's the only time that he's ever done that. And to have this happening in this movie, after they've had so many movies where they have established physics, and it's the same issue with Sarah in the mud bubble. Because where she's in a mud bubble floating yeah, over the boiling mud. They have established physics in these movies. No. Yeah. Just no. Yeah. Yeah. It 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 bothers me. And even and the thing too is I don't feel like I'm being overly critical because if I was a kid watching this, mm-hmm. I would have been like, that doesn't work. Oh yeah, that doesn't no. make sense. When no. I was a kid watching this, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, it, it always reminds me of. You know, when I was a kid, I was really into the Transformers series, Beast Wars. Yes. Really, really good series. It was great. Had some really good writing. And they didn't try to insult their audience, which they knew was children. They Mm -hmm. had episodes that had deep meanings. They had episodes that had philosophy. Like, Mm -hmm. they had good writing in it. Until later on. And then they started getting these new writers, and they would write in some literal Looney Tunes bullshit nonsense. Mm. There was one with, like, a rock falling on a dinosaur, and then he's flat, like, stuck to the rock, and then he 
they peel him off like a piece of paper. And there's one with a dinosaur who slices up one of the bug robots, and then he just, like, falls down in strips. Another one where a guy gets punched so hard he spins around like Tasmanian Devil and parts of him are flying off as that happens. Stupid shit like that. Complete tonal shift from, like, the more serious rooted in the reality of this franchise to whatever. Kids I'm so are dumb. glad I never saw any of those episodes, Jesus Christ. Kids are dumb and we're here to sell toys. That's, oh. that's what happened. And I feel like that's, that's the biggest issue, mm-hmm. is kids' media is never going to be as you know, deep or dark or gritty or as sophisticated as adult media because kids can't comprehend it because they mm. still have developing brains. However, don't treat your audience like they're fucking dumb. Yeah. And, and that's what bothers me the most about these goddamn movies yeah, is well, they're insulting to the people watching them. And there's shows that do, that are aimed for younger audiences that still keep themselves grounded in reality. Yeah, absolutely. Even, even if it's just the reality of that show's universe. I'm thinking of stuff like Steven Universe. That came to mind, too. I'm thinking of stuff like Dinosaur Train to bring up a dinosaur oh, thing. Dinosaur Train is probably the best dinosaur show for young audiences. Yes, it hands is. Down. It, it's one that I like as an adult. Yeah. And it's it's it never talks down to the kids. Um... I have I haven't seen how they handle predation in it because they do have episodes about it, but I've never seen them. Um, but like, they still bring up topics and they just approach it in a way that kids can understand. They and like the issue with Land Before Time is they don't break their own rules to do things. They don't break their own rules of physics. They don't. It. it ugh. This one, I think that that's why I still don't like this one as much. I don't hate it as much as I did, but I still don't like it very much because of just those little things that I'm kind of like, this this breaks the uh, suspension of disbelief. Mm-hmm. Even as a kid, it broke my suspension of disbelief because I'm like, their tails can't do that. They weren't prehensile. That's mm-hmm. not a dinosaur trait. What the fuck are you doing? Yep. <laughs> Yep, yep, yep. Yep, yep, yep. Yep, yep. Okay, our ranting aside, we are at the 11 o'clock number, and let's get through this bitch. Actually, (laughs) no, we're at midnight. Doc (laughs) and Baby Steps have a parting moment. And, okay, so after the the two long-necked adults have now sufficiently murdered the two sharp teeth. To where a tooth flies out. Yeah. Oh, my God, that's right, because they throw the rocks on them, bringing down the rock pillar, and then it cuts to the kids, and you see this big-ass sharp tooth tooth like sticking the ground like a foot from them and uh doc and baby steps have a parting moment and we see g big steps lifting sarah up to fix saurus rock by wedging a real sharp tooth tooth into the spot where the stone sharp tooth tooth was knocked out thus restoring the rock and fixing their bad luck somehow they walk off into the sunset afterwards, like in a fucking western, mm-hmm. but the show is not over. No. Nope. Because then we see the baby gang telling stories to the younger dinosaurs, and it's the same lone dinosaur story from before, but instead of the lone dinosaur as the hero, it's the great dinosaur, and it looks like g Big Steps. And, uh, yeah, the movie ends with stories around a volcanic vent because they can't have a campfire. The end. 
And this is the first time that you see a young pachycephalosaur, which is weird because of the way that that species is portrayed in every movie. Yeah, they're always sharp-toothed yeah. monsters. You know, they're yeah. always roaring and attacking the children, and now they have babies that live in the Great Valley with them? It's like, yeah. are they predators or not in this universe? Like, yeah. have some consistency. Yeah, again, they're breaking their own rules, and I don't like that. Me either. So, one thing I will say is that there I didn't put it in my note, but after... Uh, they defeat the Sharp Teeth, and I think, what, I can't remember how it happens. It's, it's, it's Doc and Baby Step saying goodbye to one another, and Doc, like, cups Baby Step's chin with his tail, you know, kind of like a reassuringly... Yeah, that was a weird animation moment. It kind of looked like a purple tongue. It was kind of weird. But then, I don't remember how the dialogue happened but Baby Steps was saying something, might have been saying something about how Doc is his hero. And then Doc said that you have you it, have a better hero or something like was, that. It was something like, what happens if we need a hero? And that's then kid, right. you already have one. You already and then have he a looks hero. back and sees his grandpa. And that's when he sees his grandpa lifting Sarah up so mm-hmm. that she can fix Sora's yeah. rock. And I, do, I will say that I do think it's really cute that it starts out with, uh, because this is actually something that I think kids could relate with yes. in the sense that you have uh, hero worship, hero ide- ideal uh, idolation from mm. someone who's an outside source, somebody yes. who's not a, a known entity. Mm-hmm. And then by the end of the story, the kid realizes that, hey, this person who's been in my life this whole time is actually pretty great. And then yeah. that... that uh, stranger hero gets replaced by the known hero and Mm -hmm. so i did like how that story at the end they swapped the lone dinosaur for the grandpa and the grandpa was now the hero Mm -hmm. i did think that that was cute Mm -hmm. and i i I like that i think it could have been done without the bad luck subplot because then it would have kept it a little bit more focused you know it is one of those things that i think the the bad luck subplot was kind of dumb and i think that another secondary moral could have been don't necessarily base your entire life around superstition yes absolutely you know shit goes wrong shit Mm -hmm. happens you know and if you're always looking for oh no i i broke a mirror a week back it's because of this you know you also get you know self-fulfilling prophecies and shit like that but oh no we saw a black dinosaur across my path. That must be bad luck. But, you know, because like a black cat. Yeah. Like, I just want to make yeah. sure you weren't no, like, No, I, I knew. Black dinosaur. <laughs> Cracker what? Like, uh, <laughs> I just want to make sure. But, like, you could have had that be the subplot. Because, you know, you had to do something with the bad luck. Sure, whatever. But the, instead of having it be that, oh, it really is bad luck. Have it instead being something like people are trying to explain. Well, no, this is what happened. Littlefoot, you're being a little bit, you know, because then you could just have it be that Littlefoot's paranoia about his superstition wasn't a good path. and wasn't a healthy yeah, way, wasn't to, a healthy way to, to cope. To base your decisions off. Yeah. Basing and, your decisions off of paranoia and superstition isn't yeah. good. Or you have the subplot being that, you know, this outsider dinosaur isn't that bad. And have it, have that be the lesson instead. Or... Something other than the stupid-ass bad luck subplot. Because as cool as it was to hear Spike trying to scat, it it's like... I, I can 
Get rid of that. <laughs> that scene isn't needed. Thag the thag thag. Yeah. It's very easy. <laughs> so, so yeah. Uh, but like I said with this one, the pacing it's 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 a weird mm-hmm. it's a weird backhanded compliment because yeah. the pacing of the terrible story was was decent yeah the, their yeah. pacing was good i didn't feel like there was a lot of fluff in mm-hmm. there granted there's stupid stuff like the boiling mud you know i mean boiling mud is fine that exists yeah. but you know the getting trapped in boiling mud bubble and stuff like anyway but yeah i am glad that it's over mm-hmm. and this this is probably my least favorite series of musicals we have been forced to do for our show. Mm-hmm. And I am very much looking forward to getting back to liking doing our show. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. I'm sitting here trying to figure out how I can get around the uh, Condor gods. How do you kill a god? You don't. Um... I don't know. I don't know. I w- I'm of the mind that you kill a god by not believing in them, just like a fairy. <sighs> I don't know if that works, because... Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah? Have you seen Zeus lately? My point exactly. I did see a really handsome swan. Hey! Hey! <laughs> you stay away from that home record. <laughs> That's a joke, because I would never do that. <laughs> oh... It's okay. We've uh we've got another notch in our land before time belt. So what's uh-huh. uh what's the next trial on this gauntlet? So the next one is one that I feel like I need to give another chance because when I first watched it as a kid, the ending threw me for a fucking loop. But at the same time, looking back on it, it's kind of an interesting uh an interesting concept that they threw into this universe and i kind of wish they would have explored it more but i know that they can't i think i know what you're referring yes, to this but is i won't spoil this it is, yeah this one this one's wild we're going to be doing the land before time 7 the stone of cold fire this also means we are halfway through the gauntlet <gasps> After this Minus episode. the TV shows. After this episode, we're yes. halfway. Yes, after this episode, we're halfway. Well, minus the TV show, mm-hmm. which, if they're 22 minutes each and there's a full season, is going to be a couple movies worth in and of itself. So really, we're like maybe a third or a quarter. We're halfway through. We're going to be halfway through the series proper. We oh! do still have to... We're We're almost halfway there. there. Whoa! I hate these movies. I was trying to think of something with dinosaur, and I couldn't, and whatever. But, (laughs) yeah. These are beating me down. I am am so excited to do something else after this, because I think after all these movies, we are going to do the Annie beatdown. Annie versus Annie versus Annie. (sighs) three-way battle in Annie Battle Royale. You've already seen one of the Annies, but Annie it's been a while. Ooh, and I'm pretty ooh, sure it's the ooh. one that I'm pretty sure it's the one that'll win just knowing you. Well, I don't want to be biased. I mean, I, I have my preferences, but I, I'll, I'll, I'll judge all three on their own merits. Yes, yes. Kind of thing. Kind of like I did with you know, Jesus Christ Superstar and Godspell. Mm-hmm. Um, which those ones were surprisingly close 
in mm. my book. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. But so yeah. yeah so, so next week is episode seven or Land Before Time, time seven. seven: The Stone of Cold Fire. Mm-hmm. Neat. Yep. So thank you all so much for uh, soldiering on through these episodes with us. You are the infantry in the war against bad taste. And I approve of your devotion and commitment to trekking through these trenches with us, to bandaging our wounds, providing us extra ammo clips, you know, uh, pulling us down when bullets are whizzing by. There's just... You listeners are beautiful, wonderful. Thank you so much for your support and listening to these terrible shows. If you would... I was not sure where you were going with that. <laughs> if you would like to reach out to Kay and I, you can do so on our home base, which is ToneDeafMusical.com. There we have links to all of our social medias, our Facebooks, our Twitters, our Instagrams. You can also get a link to the Cast Junkie Discord server, where we have our own Not Safe for Work channel. Feel free to jump in and say hi, talk about musical theater, or just whatever. Yes, if you would like to help out the show, you can do that by leaving a five-star review on iTunes, Podchaser, wherever you get your uh, podcast commenting in. Uh, it really helps out moving us up the charts. Uh, and you don't have to, like, even say anything profound. You can say, my favorite dinosaur is the Ceratosaurus, because it has a nose horn and osteoderms, which is really interesting. And I might sing about it for you. I'm not singing about it right now, because my throat kind of hurts from Kay, laughing. Kay just but, channeled their, their child self. I did was, just channel my child it self. It was really cute, y'all. <laughs> um, but uh, you can also mention Latte, and Latte will get a cookie. If you want to go above and beyond, you can join our Patreon, which is Tone Deaf Musical, and there we have different tiers where you can uh, get bonus episodes, you can get your name mentioned in the show, you can even have you can even have us read a short message for you on one of the episodes. Uh, just really helps us out, helps out with the costs of the show. If you want a more tangible way of showing your love, you can go to our tea public store and get t-shirts masks stickers all sorts of stuff like that uh, but again thank you all so much for soldiering on with us you are the healers in our party you are helping us tank these shows so that you don't have to but anyway that'll be it for this week i'm Kay. i'm warren and this has been tone, tone deaf, deaf.